0: Hey, 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 activators. It doesn't even sound normal when I do it, does it? It needs to be Steph. Um, she's not here today, but I went ahead and recorded an episode uh, that I'd been planning. Um, even though poor Steph could not be here. Uh, we tried to make it work and it just didn't work for everyone's schedule. Um, But she was super bummed to miss because I had on um, one of our favorite uh, guests on Activate, uh, Caitlin Reed. Um, She came on, we recorded about two weeks ago um, in the midst of me sort of um, recognizing and reaching out for help regarding my eating disorder. So it's something Caitlin is well versed in. And uh, she's been on to talk about it in the past, um, but this time we sort of just dug a little deeper into my story and some of the things I'd been realizing. And so many people have reached out since I sort of made the admission um, here on Activate that I just sort of recognized that I had some obsessive, kind of crazy things going on and it wasn't normal. And I did some research and it really felt like. Maybe something bigger than what I could figure out on my own. So uh, I've read Caitlin's bio on here before, but there's a couple of updates. And I'm just going to read it in her own words. So, Caitlin Reed, I grew up in a small town in Iowa, joined the military, traveled the world, and have landed in San Diego, where I have build, been building, or should I say, rebuilding my life for the last four years. I've been an athlete my entire life, so health, fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being have always been a passion and priority of mine, but not always in a healthy way. For most of my life, I have struggled with eating disorders, overexercising, addictions, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and self-worth, and a lack of purpose and direction in life. As challenging as all of those things have been, I am grateful for the struggle because it has led me to where I am today to use my story to inspire, shine the light, and give hope to those who may be dealing with similar issues. I have a BA in health promotion and wellness and fitness management and a master's in psychology with aspirations to continue on to a doctorate program specializing in eating disorders. So who better to sort of hold my hand through this, um, you know, through this journey. It's, um, It's been interesting thus far. If this is something that completely doesn't interest you, you know, that's okay. Um, I think that it will resonate with a lot of people, but if you're not one of them, then catch us back here next week. We've always, we're always changing it up and have something different going on. So um, if, if talking about this sort of thing with eating disorders is a trigger for you, or if it's just not your jam, feel free to move on and, um, you know, come back to us next week. But I do think um the conversation that Caitlin and I had is um thoughtful and eye opening and can be very, very helpful. So here is my little chat with Caitlin Reed. All right, so Caitlin Reed is back on the podcast today, a third timer pretty much almost famous right (laughs) (laughs) we're
1: getting close that's right
0: Uh, so thank you thank you thank you again for you know just giving us your time and being willing to come on here we've had so much positive feedback about your episodes
1: oh good i love being here and it's such a you know it's a topic that needs to be talked about so i just feel like the more we can get it out there and um just being open and vulnerable. and Yeah, and
0: I agree with that so much, but sometimes I start to feel like, oh my gosh, people have to be sick of me talking about food. And I'm sick of myself talking about food, if I'm being really honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, it depends on... Um, I guess it depends on the motive behind it, you know? It's because I found myself during my whole you know, journey, I would put it out there in a healthy way. But internally, I knew that I was, you know, I was sick and struggling yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, I think mm-hmm. it
0: resonates with so many people, you know, it, even though I keep talking about it and I'm sick of hearing mm-hmm. it myself, like every week people are like, oh, my gosh, I feel that way as well. And
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think and that's the thing you I think you will realize you're you're helping more people by putting it out there that aren't kind of at the point where they're able to come forward or say something about it you're you're helping them kind of in a silent way
0: right and -hmm. like I was saying to you before we started that I feel like I've been just kind of like disguising maybe an eating disorder with like being really really healthy Mm -hmm. um and I didn't it took so I was listening one day to um, some like influencer on um, Instagram, I was watching stories and she mentioned, she, she's mm-hmm. like a, a body positive person, um, but she mentioned like this series of podcasts that she had listened to and that kind of changed her way of thinking as far as like body image goes. And so mm-hmm. I went to those podcasts and looked it up and mm-hmm. I listened, like there were four episodes and I listened to one one day and then I listened to all three the next day because I was like, wow, this is like finally... It's all the things I'd heard before, but for some reason, like I heard it in a different way Mm -hmm. and it all clicked. And I'm like, I know all of this stuff, but I didn't ever like see it in myself or couldn't admit it or I don't know exactly, but it's just Mm -hmm. so interesting to me. So then I just became obsessed with, okay, okay, like how do I figure out like the universal, you know, language to use that this makes sense to everyone. And unfortunately, I don't think there's probably, that's not a thing, but, um, Mm -hmm. I think just the more we talk about it and the more we're open about it and, you know, just honest that people mm-hmm. will realize like, oh, wait, like maybe mm-hmm. that is me. Maybe I am struggling. Maybe this isn't mm-hmm. being, quote unquote, healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a big part of it is being in denial about it or telling yourself like, well, I, I'm not that bad. Right. So, it, you know, you have to be ready to to accept it and deal with it and make those changes. Mm-hmm. And, and it won't happen unless it's on your time, you right. know, because I can remember a million different times where therapists or my parents or family or whoever, you know, would push you to mm-hmm. recover and it wasn't, I wasn't ready, right. it wasn't on my time, so it's not going to work. Or I was in denial that it was even that big of a problem right to deal with
0: right you know I've started to wonder and I will go ahead go ahead no you go ahead
1: well I will bring this up because I remember a year ago you asked about coaching or you know just chatting and mm-hmm. doing sessions mm-hmm. and, and nothing ever happened mm-hmm. so it for me I knew that you weren't ready yeah or that it wasn't um yeah, and I understood that because I've been there before, right? And and now you're ready, right? And it's, it's your time. So now all of those things are making sense and, um, kind of coming to to the top right. to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've
0: noticed, like, I've started to sort of correlate it with like I always felt like I um sort of um escaped the addiction tendencies like of my family like there's a lot of addiction in my family but I thought Mm -hmm. well I'm not addicted to drugs and I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not so I like escaped that and then I was like but wait like I'm addicted to this 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 Mm -hmm. food obsession is my addiction I I I think and it's Mm -hmm. interesting too because it's the same way I I know from experience that you can't help somebody who isn't ready to be helped or doesn't want to help themselves and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where I'm finally at like I'm ready to help myself even Mm -hmm. though I still have a lot of fear and you know, I'm, I fear giving up control. I fear gaining weight. I fear, I fear not having my Sunday binge as crazy Mm -hmm. as that sounds like. I'm scared of not having that because I look forward to it so much.
1: Mm -hmm. But if you allow yourself to eat, Yeah, say it like a a normal person. Yep. Yep. (laughs) During the week, you won't have to have those right Sunday. And this is what I'm so what Mm -hmm. I'm running
0: into, and then I'm going to back up after this. But what I'm running into is that. So on Sunday, you know, I I am quote unquote, good all week. And then Sunday Mm -hmm. is my binge day normally. But so I've Mm -hmm. been trying to, okay, you can have whatever you want whenever you want it. Right. So I'm trying to live in that and I've I've done okay during the week, but I did notice as soon as I stopped tracking my food, then I felt like I needed to get the scale out because I needed some accountability there. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I traded one for the other, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, Mm -hmm. so Sunday all day, I'm telling myself, you don't need to eat a lot of this because you can, if you want this tomorrow, you can have this tomorrow. It's
1: totally okay.
0: But I didn't Mm -hmm. believe the lie because I, I, I'm not there. Like I, I knew I wouldn't have it tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. I ended up eating too much on Sunday and feeling terrible. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just very, very, I don't know. It's very interesting. All the things I'm noticing now that I'm willing to notice
1: if that yes. makes sense. And that, yeah. And that's a lot of being oh, aware of the ed voice, the mm-hmm. eating mm-hmm. disorder voice mm-hmm. and what it's constantly telling you and when you're listening to it or not, right? And that mm-hmm. recognizing that voice, I think, is a lot is like the first step in in trying to fix the behaviors. Right, um, is awareness and mindfulness around. What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself what are what voice are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Like are you listening to that eating disorder voice? Or are you listening to that true voice right and Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I have like anxiety in my belly just thinking about this right now but just today so I've been I hired someone and I'm working with someone to kind of coach me and you know counsel me through this um, yay, yay. But so but I was like doing this journaling prompt and I realized today that every time this is embarrassing but every time I walk by a mirror I lift up my shirt um, to see if I can still like see visible abs even though mm-hmm. I only I only have the top two anyway hey (laughs) but isn't that still I've never noticed that I do it before and I bet I've done it 30 times today
1: oh for sure and that's yeah body checking (sighs) you know one of the Um, signs of an eating disorder and it could be looking at yourself in a reflection Mm -hmm. in the mirror or touching yourself yeah like the pinch test I read about it yeah Mm -hmm. yep and that's one thing I used to always I used to do that often I used to body check in the mirror a lot Mm -hmm. like similar and I heard you say embarrassed like there's Mm -hmm. absolutely you can't feel embarrassed or ashamed or guilty. Like naturally we will, yeah. but we have to get rid of those thoughts and feelings in order to heal. Right. Um, you know, cause I would, I would body check and I would, I would catch myself like pinching myself in weird mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the day. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like, because i, am I-
0: I'm telling you, I didn't even know i do it. But then once I realized i do it, I'm like, yeah, I do do that. I do that all the time. Aware- why yeah, am I doing that? Please. Yeah.
1: And think of like how awesome you do it yeah yeah it's a lot Uh
0: it's a lot yeah okay so I'm gonna back up a little bit and I just did a little bit of research and wrote some things down so I'm about to talk a lot Um, but so eating disorders are a a mental health condition and they often require intervention of medical or psychological experts to alter their course so I've Mm -hmm. finally recognized what's happening and now I'm like going to the experts to try and get some help and they're they're more than just food it's not just food. Food. Um but they're often characterized by an unhealthy um, relationship with food obsession with food um, and your body weight or your body shape
1: mm-hmm. so growing up and go ahead oftentimes it, it's not food that's the issue it's the underlying right. cause and food is your stability or control your way of dealing with that underlying issue so like really doing the deep dirty inner work to get to the bottom of it. Like what is causing me to use food to cope mm-hmm. and really dealing with that issue is key.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's almost the the part that just sounds so difficult. Like how in the world am I going to get to the meat of it? You know, like how am I going to mm-hmm. ever figure that out? And that's where, you know, trained help comes in. Like people Absolutely. that know what they're talking about, know what they're doing mm-hmm. can help you find that. Um, Yeah,
1: and can and can help you and support you because oftentimes those are really challenging and uncomfortable places to go to. Yes. So making sure you have that support to, you know, get you through those emotional um, times of doing that deep work because a lot of dirty stuff might come up. Right. You know, it's true.
0: It's true. Yeah. You never Mm -hmm. know what you're covering up with your eating disorder, like what you're trying to control by using food. Absolutely. Um, so we know they can occur at any age to any gender. They most often appear in adolescents and young women. Um, in the United States alone, 20 million women and 10 million men suffer from an eating disorder at some point in their life. Um mm-hmm. Um, And then there's many different causes, Uh, genetics, personality traits, uh, perceived um, pressures to be thin, cultural preference for thinness, exposure to the media that promotes thinness. Um, um, And then it was interesting, I read that certain eating disorders appear to be mostly non-existent in cultures that haven't been exposed to Western ideals of thinness. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about that a lot, but like the highlight reel of social media and the constant comparison, um, you know, causes a lot of this, but so for me growing up when we learned about an eating disorder, we basically learned about anorexia and bulimia. So for my Mm -hmm. whole life, I've just believed that those were the two things. And then Mm -hmm. I was, I like, I, I, I remember telling myself I had binge eating disorder at some point because I was binging, um, but I was, I don't know. I did a little research on each one and there are, there are like six that are recognized. Um, Mm -hmm. um, but so anorexia is the most well-known eating disorder. Um, and it's when people view themselves as overweight when like at any size, they can be severely underweight and still see themselves as being overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, they severely restrict calories there's an intense fear of gaining weight relentless pursuit of thinness uh, distorted body image denial of being underweight OCD tendencies constant thoughts of food obsessively, um, obsessively collect recipes or hoard food difficulty eating in public um, and it can cause bone thinning infertility brittle hair and nails heart brain and multi organ failure and even death at a certain
1: point Mm-hmm. and eating disorders are have the number one mortality rate of any mental illness wow. so that's like really shows the severity wow. of yeah hmm. how how yeah. tragic it is
0: yes um and then so so okay after listening to this podcast um I thought that I had orthorexia like it was something a word I'd never heard of before and it's not mm-hmm. one, of, one of the six like recognized eating disorders it's like a subtype of one or th- one um, mm-hmm. but then this was interesting to me because the way I think of bulimia is you binge and purge right so you eat and then you throw up you eat a lot mm-hmm. and then you throw up so I just thought well I don't have that because I don't throw up Um, Mm -hmm. but I was interested to learn that purging can be a lot of different things. It can be fasting. It can be laxatives. It can be diuretics, enemas, or excessive exercise.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I maybe, I I don't know. I'm just diagnosing myself here, but I just feel like maybe I fall more in that category. And I have to tell a story there. I have tried, like, this sounds awful, but I, I thought that bulimia would be ideal for me because I enjoy eating and so I could mm-hmm. still allow myself to have my binges and then I could just throw it up like you know mm-hmm. so simple um mm-hmm. well I can tell you a story of a night where I was sitting in my kitchen and I had eaten so much food and I was just miserable and I everyone had left the kitchen and they were like I don't know taking their baths and whatever and getting ready for bed and I was just sitting out there I'm like I'm gonna go try to throw up because I know I'll feel so much better and I went in the bathroom And I tried so hard to throw up and I came out covered in sweat. I had broken blood vessels in my eyes, tears streaming down my face and Mm -hmm. never threw up. Mm -hmm. And I went into my room and my husband is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I I just kind of made it. I kind of laughed about it. Like, well, that didn't work. You know, I like I made it a joke.
1: But I'm just Uh like,
0: what a what an awful thing to put my body through. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to do it. So, for me, I just thought, mm-hmm. well, bu- the, that bulimia thing's not going to work. But now here I am, like, I will do the fasting thing. Like, oh, I ate way too much. I have to do a 24 hour fast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or the laxatives. Like, I hate to say it, but there's these uh, quote unquote pooping pills that are like magical that I got on Amazon. And when I feel like I didn't do good, Then at night I'll take those and then in the morning, then I go to the bathroom and I feel like, okay, okay, now I have a fresh start. I can do better today. And then Mm -hmm. I can't stop working out until I've hit a thousand calories on my watch. So, and I know this obsession with numbers is, you know, kind of part of it or... I don't know, but for me it's like this obsession with numbers. Like if I couldn't mm-hmm. if I couldn't track my calories or my macros, then I needed to see the number on the scale. And when I work out, like I can't even imagine working out. Like it's almost like it wouldn't even count if it didn't show up on my watch, if I don't get my steps, if I don't get my calories. Like I'm so obsessed with these numbers. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm just like my purge comes in a different way. It doesn't have to be throwing up.
1: Yep. And it, yeah, purging is different for everyone or they might do all of them right for me I did I did throw up Mm -hmm. and that and I over exercised so those were my purging um, sources and I will tell you throwing up multiple times a day is absolutely miserable and it is so bad for you and so hard on your body Mm -hmm. and I did that for 10 plus years. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. after every single time that I ate cuz that I was just it was it wasn't I think it was an emotional thing. It wasn't really like about getting rid of the it was like getting rid of all the emotions and all mm-hmm. the junk that yeah. I didn't want to carry yeah. and so it came out in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I even
0: had so this is interesting too. And this was not long ago. I I hate to admit, but this was just a few weeks ago. I was, I had, it was a Sunday and Sunday, Sunday nights are when I'm always like, okay, how do I get rid of this? What do I do? How do I fix this problem? So whether it's like, I'm laying in bed, like signing up for like a diet challenge or, you know, something I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm on a good path. And then Sunday night after a binge, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've ruined everything. I have to do something. Um, But I was laying there and I was like, Thinking and when I um, had my second son, I I tried the castor oil trick to go into labor, mm-hmm. and I like went to the bathroom like I've never gone to the bathroom in my life, and just a few weeks ago I'm like I can fix this I can fix what I did today if I just drink some castor oil, I know that. And this sounds so crazy. Like it's, it does feel embarrassing. I'm sweating talking about it. Um, (laughs) but I drank castor oil so that I could like have a clean slate for Monday morning, you know, and that Uh I could start over and do better. And, um, I don't, I don't, it's just like crazy. The, the depths Mm -hmm. that I'll go to, to, you know? Yeah.
1: And that's what makes an eating disorder so challenging is that it is like those voices in your head is the eating disorder voice is just crazy. And, and we listen to it. And that's what drives our behavior. And to be able to just to recognize those thoughts but Mm -hmm. then redirect them into the healthy self right and and it takes time and you know I've been doing this for 18 years and I'm finally getting so like this does not happen overnight and it's a process and I used to think that well this is something that I'm always going to live with Mm -hmm. you know but full recovery is possible. That is so, so interesting. I, will put that out there. I love that you're saying that
0: because one of my <laughs> questions that I have written down is do you believe people really can recover from distor- disordered eating because I am in a place where I don't I don't I'm not I'm don't believe it yet. Like I feel mm-hmm. like so deep in that I'll never truly get out of it. Like maybe I'll do better, but mm-hmm. I feel like because I'm so deep in that I'll never really get out of it so that's interesting Mm -hmm.
1: yes and I thought that too because I was like okay I'm always going to have this disorder I'm just going to have to learn to manage it better and be aware and not fall into those eating disorder behaviors Mm -hmm. but just probably within the last year so I've I've learned that full recovery is is very possible wow well that's
0: I'm very happy so to hear you that. have something <laughs> to hope. Look
1: forward
0: hope yeah. yes <laughs> let's see in 18 years I'll be
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I mean yeah it's interesting how I think because that like I was not ready yeah to yeah so it just depends I was I was doing my own thing for the last 18 years, and then finally Mm -hmm. I just got so tired of it. I was like, I have to deal with this thing, and I have to defeat this thing because I don't like living this way. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. It's time-consuming. Like You think of all the time that you waste.
0: Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many hours a day I spend thinking about food
1: hours yeah or or your behaviors like how much time do you spend binge eating and then how much time do you spend having to go purge all that like Mm -hmm. it's a full-time job it is a full-time job you could be enjoying so many more things yep
0: you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. um i read too that individuals with bulimia usually maintain a relatively normal weight rather than being Mm -hmm. really underweight and that also was like oh well that that is me i i stay at a normal weight you know i don't get mm-hmm. super skinny because i don't rest i i binge so eventually right. um i don't know it was just really interesting to me because i thought for sure like okay it's got to be this orthorexia thing um but th- because because i don't throw up mm-hmm. um you know so it was it was interesting to see that and um, that's
1: yeah that's interesting because there's You know, someone can be struggling with an eating disorder that looks completely healthy on the outside. Right.
0: Right. You can't you can't really diagnose a eating disorder by just looking at someone's outside. Yeah,
1: absolutely not. Yep.
0: Right. Um, so it said symptoms of bulimia include binging with a feeling of lack of control around the food, Mm -hmm. um, self-esteem, overly influenced by body shape and weight, recurrent episodes of inappropriate purging behaviors to, um, prevent weight gain, fear of weight gain, despite maintaining a normal weight. That's all me. Um, and then obviously there are you know, if you're purging by vomiting, you're going to have problems with your teeth, problems with your throat, mm-hmm. your salivary glands, your tooth enamel, tooth decay, acid reflux, irritation of the gut, severe dehydration, hormonal imbalances, and then up to the point of stroke or heart attack. Um, mm mm-hmm. Uh, And then I read about binge eating disorder because I'm like, well, maybe that's what it is. And it said that that is one of the most common eating disorders in this country. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's similar to bulimia minus the purging behavior. So it's just Mm -hmm. the binging. And there's a lot of shame, disgust, guilt. Um, It does come with overweight in obese, you know, obesity because you're you're not purging, you're simply just right. eating and eating and eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and which leads to heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I looked up was the orthorexia because it was again like something I'd never heard of before. Um, and it said, not yet recognized as a separate eating disorder, but it's an obsessive focus on healthy eating um, -hmm. where you eliminate entire food groups. And this sounds like me too, you know, like I'm always doing the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but it disrupts your daily life because you're not able to socially eat, go out with friends. Um, and it said though, it's rarely focused on losing weight. Instead, their self-worth is dependent on how well they comply with their own self-imposed diet rules. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I went through many phases of that as well because mm-hmm. I did I did vegan yes. I did a mon a mono diet mm-hmm. where I would only eat one food for like, wow like, that was the, I think that was the craziest thing I've done probably like I would only eat bananas I was just I gonna say bananas eat, yeah mangoes <sighs> or only eat what it was a fruit thing Interesting. And, uh, I did that for a while and then
0: because that what Steve Jobs I- did <sighs> Um, me I can't remember I thought his was like a fruit thing
1: yeah and then I did 80 10 10 where it was high carb low fat low Mm -hmm. protein and then I did and looking like those are all just restrictive behaviors it's but putting it out in a healthy way you know like oh I'm plant-based or I'm doing keto or I'm intermittent fasting but really you're just restricting yourself of calories and it's a but you're promoting it as a healthy lifestyle
0: because it's binge restrict binge restrict binge restrict basically because you're mm-hmm. you're you know yeah. um let's see what else was i gonna t- oh i saw this thing on um instagram that talked about you're in partial recovery if and i'm sure you maybe you even reposted it because it was jennifer rollin 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 mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. But like everything it said, like you're in partial recovery if you're not ready to like give up control, if you're not OK with gaining weight, um, if you aren't ready to, you know, exercise less or like everything just described kind of like right where I'm at. Like I've recognized okay. it and I want to change it, but I'm not ready to like give up all that control. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting process and I'm, I am really excited though. So my, um, the girl who's helping me along, she sent me a book, um, it's called intuitive eating. Um, yeah. And so I'm just, I just started it, but today I was Mm -hmm. reading it and I'm only on chapter two, but I was like, just so full of hope. Like I'm going to be able to help so many people once I figure this out. And I'm so excited for me to live a life where Mm -hmm. I'm not obsessed with food and that I can like you know, just give attention to far more important things. And I was just praying like, God, you know, please just help me to figure this out so that I can help other people. And I don't know, I was just so full of hope, you know, and I hadn't Mm. really felt that yet. I've just felt like this is this, heavy burden that I'm never going to be able to crawl out from underneath of. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and that's what, like, I think he, he's putting you or you've gone through this or experienced this so you can help other people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always purpose behind a a difficult time. That's right. I agree. So it's like your preparation for you to step into your, your health coaching Mm -hmm, uh, role mm -hmm. and, and be able to connect with women that are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And that's exactly how I've viewed my situation as well. Right.
0: Uh, do you have, so in speaking of my coaching, we talk about, um, in one of the weeks we talk about, um, we call it the family of origin story where you sort of, um, take yourself back and try to recognize maybe the first time where you were told, or you felt like your body wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I went, I tried to go back to that and I was like super skinny as a, you know, growing up, just tiny, short, skinny, um, could eat whatever I wanted. And then I went to college and I remember the first like semester of college, uh, I, st- I was standing in the living room of my apartment and my roommate was standing there and I lifted up my shirt and I'm like, do I look fat? And she said, just your stomach. And I ever, ever um. since then, I hated my stomach. Like, I, I, I've i never, ever, ever one time been happy with my stomach. And I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and then, what was the... Oh, and then for me, I, I was like, okay, but when did this, like, obsessive... You know, when did it really, really start for me? Mm-hmm. And I think that it was after... I ha- so after I had Asher is when I really started getting into uh, clean eating and being just like as healthy as I possibly could. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was when I started really digging into things, and I would only eat organic food, and we could only shop at Whole Foods, and we couldn't go out to eat, and I've never had a soda since then, and or pop. Sorry, um, I know myself I when soda I, too. I it's like no. where did Iowa go? So when I hear people
1: say pop and supper, I was supper. like, oh, that's so Iowa. I know it really is. It's, I tried to ha- I've
0: tried to hang on to pop as long as I good <laughs> um
1: suffering <clears throat> makes me laugh so hard I know well my I grandma called and she's like what are you
0: having for dinner and she means lunch <laughs> you know <laughs> so, um but and then okay so then I stopped nursing Asher I nur- nursed him for two and a half years and mm-hmm. I was th- the tiniest basically I'd ever been as As an adult, I mean, maybe not when I was like 20, but after having kids, that was the tiniest I'd ever been. And I didn't really realize it was because I was nursing. Um, Uh I was running a lot. I was running half marathons then and uh, eating very clean. But I was Uh convinced that you could just eat clean food and you could eat as much as you wanted and you would just stay small because that's what Uh I was doing. But Uh as soon as I stopped nursing Asher, like within like two weeks, I gained 12 pounds Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. when I started obsessing about the number like Mm -hmm. I I was I just kept thinking like what has happened what is going on what did I do wrong and it was really just my body readjusting to not burning those nursing calories and you know hormonal changes and whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but I really think when I think about it when I try to go back to it that's where I think it started for me the obsessive part so if Mm -hmm. you were to try to figure out your family of origin story which I'm sure you've done where do you think it started for you?
1: Ooh, my I was young. Yeah. I was I was 12 mm-hmm. or 13. Um, and I don't I don't even know really why. I don't, it might have been because I was um athletic. Mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of pressure, pressure to be a good mm-hmm. athlete, a good student. I was a perfectionist and that was a lot for me to carry at a young age and um you know I was competing at that age already Mm -hmm. and I think it was just and I was around older girls a lot Mm. so I don't really remember hearing a lot of people talk about their bodies but maybe I don't know Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was just um it was uh a way to deal with the pressure and right. the perfectionism and being mm-hmm. a perfectionist is um very common in eating disorders. Mm-hmm.
0: I I'm am, am not a perfectionist. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> uh, but you also we talked about I think on one of the other episodes how you had this belief that you had to be tiny, small. You always wanted to be small and fast. Like that that felt yep. like it equated to quick.
1: Yep. For yep. And now that- Yeah, absolutely. And that was um, I tied my worth and my value Mm -hmm. to my athletic Mm -hmm. ability. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, um, you know, so I was trying to make myself the most elite possible. But really, I was just hurting myself. Right. And I read a study, actually, I did my final paper on eating disorders and how it affects your performance. And there was a study out there that initially in eating disorder, like getting lighter and faster mm-hmm. will help your performance in the beginning, sure. but it eventually catches up to you and harms your performance. And so um, that caught up to me. Oh, gosh, it's probably been three years now I had a horrible injury Mm -hmm. and that was years of malnourishing. My body Mm -hmm. finally caught up to me Mm -hmm. and I was done.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what, is that what ended up finally like prompting you to get the proper help and to really dive in and try to fix it?
1: Yes. I think it was God's way of getting my attention of, of, I just heard him like you're never going to deal with this. So here we are. Sit down or I'll sit you down. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever would have properly dealt with it if I didn't go through that. Um, And it was a challenging time because I was like, well, what's going to happen to me if I can't run? Who am I without this? yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and
0: I'm struggling with that too as in like uh, it's like almost my identity is wrapped up in this being this like girl who works out every day and counts her macros and like I've just talked it to death on this podcast and um without it then I'm like who who am I I've spent so many years Mm -hmm. becoming who I am now and much of it Mm -hmm. is good but You know this part isn't. However, it's it's part of my identity. Like Caitlin, I haven't taken a day off of working out in like something like six hundred days. That's
1: crazy. That's insane.
0: Yeah, and I and and I don't lose any weight. That's the part that it's like, what am I doing this for? Like I'm I'm probably hindering my performance. I would probably be able to do better. But it's it's a number. It's right. It's another number for me to obsess over. Um, Yeah. And then one day it was like, one day I burned a thousand calories or something. And I'm like, whoa, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. I, I should be able to do that every single day. So now I'll find myself like on the Peloton at nine o'clock at night, you know, for a 10 minute ride because I need to burn a hundred more calories. Um, uh-huh. And so it's just like, I'm having a hard time, like. I can see that that's not normal. And that's completely crazy. And that it doesn't matter if my watch says 900 or 1000. But in my head, I don't know, it's like part of this identity that I've created. And it is hard to let go of that control and hard to know who I am without it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's I started asking myself a lot of questions. And one of them was just why or mm-hmm. like, who cares? Yeah. So like So what? You, That's what I, I do a lot it, of so yeah, what? So, <laughs> like so if you if you don't burn a thousand calories, yeah. like who cares? It, right. Or mm-hmm. like why do I need to do this? Or what is this proving? Or yep. what is the value in this? Mm-hmm. Or why is this so important? And just um, cause I would imagine that it affects you know, time with your family sure. and relationships mm-hmm. and going out and doing things. Yep.
0: And yeah, just on um, Saturday, we were at, we had plans with friends for the fourth and I'm like, shoot, I got to get up early. Cause I'm going to need to burn all thousand calories before we go, because I don't know what time I'm going to get home. And, um, you know, it's just like, I, I noticed myself talking about it all the time. And then my friend, like who never thought about a number she'll be like well I didn't get very many I only got this many steps how many did you get I'm like don't don't think about it It doesn't matter you look amazing you're healthy like don't obsess like me please don't be like me (laughs) but I just (laughs) project it I guess because it's all I seem to think about
1: Uh uh-huh it's crazy and there's like the cognitive dissonance of that's what really bothered me was living one way but preaching another Mm -hmm. and it like really causes a lot of internal turmoil and like really eats at your soul. And that's the
0: imposter syndrome that I've been talking about that I'm feeling like, because I'm trying to help these people exactly, you know, do the exact opposite of what I'm doing. Like we are, we Mm -hmm. talk about smashing diet culture and, you know, like being happy in the moment with who we are right now and that clothes are made to fit us. We're not made to fit our clothes. And, but yet here I am living this completely opposite life.
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. that's
0: interesting that's that's an interesting thing too because I've really been struggling with that and I'm like shoot yeah and then it's like I'm posting all this stuff on Instagram that reflects who I want to be but then I sit, I'm on this podcast talking about all the struggles of who I actually am and I'm like dang it I'm like a a walking contradiction <laughs> here I gotta figure this stuff out
1: <laughs> but that's it all I say it a million times it all starts with awareness and if you don't recognize those things then that's where it you know it's a problem but being able to recognize it and say okay this is something that i struggle with i need to deal with that that's yeah. where it all begins
0: right mm-hmm. so once a person does recognize it and is ready to you know reach out for some help who like who do they reach out to what's the what what are you looking for in someone to help you figure out an eating disorder
1: ooh so I I think you really have to connect with whoever you're working with um, because then it's really hard to work through those issues. I went through so many therapists and mm-hmm. there was a long time where I didn't even believe in therapy because it, it I never benefited f- from it. It mm-hmm. didn't work for me mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it was feeling connected to who I was working with and I certainly don't think your therapist has to go through an eating disorder to help you but Mm -hmm. it certainly does help because they understand they they can connect with you in that way and um they they know what you're going through Mm -hmm. and I never had that experience but now that I'm doing more research and finding people and Mm -hmm. Instagram's way different now than it was before so you can find those things and jennifer rollin is very good yeah and i wish i would have found her years ago mm-hmm. but um even like the stuff she puts out now i'm like wow yeah. yes i can connect with that and she's been through an eating disorder so right. she knows
0: yeah i know. love following along with her yes um i did i read that the number one predictor of um <clears throat> being Uh, or like getting out of counseling or therapy, what you need to get out of it is your connection with your therapist, which makes complete Mm -hmm. sense. I talked down here about trying to find a therapist, which I'm still looking for like an actual therapist. Um, Mm -hmm. But that I was in there to talk about like my kids and my husband and my marriage and things. And she wasn't like... you know, she was saying things that were just completely annoying to me in response to what I was saying. And I go, do you have kids or a husband? And she said, no. And I just left and I never went back. Cause I'm like, you can, if you can't, you you just can't know. I'm sorry, but I don't feel like this can be helpful to me. Um, so, so it is interesting. You do need to like have a connection with your therapist. I do think that's important. What about as far as like titles? Like, what are you looking for? Um, like, do you need, I don't, I don't know, like registered (laughs) dietitians, like they have, they, you know, that's a person that will help coach you through an eating disorder. Like you can go to actual therapy. What, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So a lot of, um, licensed therapists, I mean, if you really, uh, let me back up. So there's a lot of people on social media and Instagram these days Mm -hmm. that, um, influencers Mm -hmm. that, you know, will, help you but you know i think an uh, eating disorder requires a professional right. not someone that not just, like a beach body you know. coach no offense <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah because because eating disorders are comorbid with with mental illnesses oftentimes right. so right. depression anxiety suicidal thoughts um schizophrenia mm-hmm. bipolar, like all of those things go hand in hand with eating disorders so mm-hmm. you need a mental health professional someone licensed and trained in that area not someone that just claims that they've they've been through it so they know right um, and and so the licensed therapist will usually work with a physician and a dietitian, so you kind of get okay. that whole package deal got it and it just you know some people are able to pay out of pocket for that mm-hmm. um some people have insurance and they don't cover all that, yeah. so it just you know kind of depends what what your financial situation is or what your insurance will cover. But to work with all three of those a, a licensed therapist, a dietitian, and your physician mm-hmm. um, is the most ideal situation. Yeah,
0: that's really good to know mm-hmm. because
1: eating just your your hormones are all out of whack, your electrolytes, your you're, everything is all out of sorts because you've been malnourishing and mistreating your body for so long right. so um, being able to deal with those physical issues as well along is, with you know, the better, mental part yep mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that mm-hmm. makes so much sense okay great and then trying to oftentimes licensed therapists are not um, trained in in nutrition right. or dietetics right. so mm-hmm. having that aspect as well to normalize your eating pattern right is helpful too
0: and just looking mm-hmm. for like i know i was just googling therapists and looking for people who specialize in eating disorders or you know whatever it is that you're um you know that you're looking for
1: yes yes
0: absolutely mm-hmm. um, let's see you answered a few of my questions already in our conversation so, good. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this because this is a question I always have when I follow along with you so sure. with your passion for exercise and healthy eating how do you recognize in yourself if you're like starting to slip back or revert into your like old ways of thinking about food and exercise mm-hmm.
1: so I've come so I used to exercise for hours a day just hours on end it was a full-time job Mm -hmm. and now I'm okay with an hour workout or not even some Mm -hmm. days I don't work out some days I do 20 minutes of you know whatever sometimes I just go for a walk sometimes I just stretch and I would have I would have lost my mind if that's all I could do before and now I'm completely okay with it Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work but for me I just that, like, I, I had to take my place or my, my value and my worth out of what I was doing and, you know, completely separate those things. Like, I am still Caitlin without being a runner or yeah. I'm still Caitlin without being this extreme athlete. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just do it now because it makes me feel good not to look a certain way. And I know that I I need the movement for mental health reasons and because it does make me feel good, but there's no connection in how I look or an external appearance or any of those sorts anymore. And I thought I would never get to that point, but it is very possible. And now I'm like, you know, I would body check or Mm -hmm. I would not. Uh, wear a certain thing if I didn't feel good enough or whatever and now I'm like oh I have a role oh well yeah (laughs) who cares yeah who cares why does that matter? Why would I place my value in that? <laughs> yeah, my husband.
0: So like, I always I always say how I won't wear a bikini, but I like in my backyard, I will, right? And uh-huh. my, my husband mentioned that like some people were coming over to go fishing or something. And I was like, oh gosh, I've seen her in a bathing suit on social media before. I have to wear one piece if I go outside today because if she comes over here, like she looks amazing and I don't and I'm supposed to be this person who works out all the time. And, you know, I, I get very caught up in that, I must say. Mm -hmm. very caught Mm -hmm. up in it and there's like times I won't even want to go places if you know if I'm not feeling good about myself and I know that no one can see like so after say after my Sunday binge right so I had gained three pounds which is typical I mean sometimes it's Mm -hmm. like eight um Uh but no one. I'm five nine no one can see three pounds on my body But to me, it's like, I look awful. I need to stay covered up. I can't wear a bikini outside today, even if it's just my family in the backyard. Like today's a one piece day. You know, I mean, my Mm -hmm. gosh, my -hmm. gosh, what what energy and time and, you know, that I waste thinking about yeah something. all that
1: brain space yeah that you yeah that you could you spend thinking about those things rather than just enjoying the moment I'm probably and so, so smart you, and
0: I don't even know it
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like nobody cares nobody yeah. is and I've I've learned nobody's everyone's paying attention to themselves not everybody else nobody cares nobody's looking at your stomach yeah. while you're working out yeah. nobody's paying attention to you nobody like everyone's caught up in their own thing and no one um, no one
0: hates your body except for you
1: exactly yeah yes yeah what what was the question
0: (laughs) that's a good question oh I was just asking you about like how you recognize in yourself if you're starting to revert back into your old ways because you do like Mm -hmm. you post about your workouts and you you know I read something where like if you're a person who's constantly taking pictures of your food and posting it on social media or having to, you know, prove your workout or whatever that that could be like an indicator of an issue. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And for me now it's like, um, Stressful situations or emotional situations, like usually the eating disorder is the coping mechanism yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. And so, being able to recognize that and then removing myself from the situation. Mm. Um, so I went through a period where I I didn't have. Um, All of my fear foods, I couldn't keep them in my house because I didn't trust myself with them because I knew that if I encountered a stressful situation or something emotional or whatever, food would be my way to cope with it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't didn't want to go through the binge purge because it is horrible. It makes you feel so bad. So I didn't want to go through that. So I just didn't keep those things in my house. Mm -hmm. And then once I finally like felt like I wasn't using food as a coping mechanism I Mm -hmm. slowly introduced those things back into the house and now I feel safe and comfortable with those things and I trust myself enough to you know eat it till I'm comfortable and then being done with it rather than overdoing it so now I can have chips and peanut butter cups and whatever I feel like here and I feel okay with it right and Mm -hmm.
0: so you're able to like was that something you had to relearn? Like how to
1: uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> well, I'm just thinking yeah. like how to even know what hunger feels like. And I know that a lot of times we do all these things to like keep hunger at bay when hunger is just like God gave us that so that we know when to nourish our body. Like we need something. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but I'm always like, I'm I will chew and I have to say I've noticed I've said like maybe like 5,000 times since we started. So I apologize for the likes. Um, I can't help it. It just keeps coming up, but I chew so much gum. And I mentioned this last week because I've taught probably 10 of my friends. Oh, when you're hungry or if you need something sweet, you're craving something sweet, just chew gum and then you won't eat. And I was like, Oh no, I'm passing on all these bad things to my friends, Mm but I've, feel like I don't even recognize well I do recognize hunger but there's a a long time where I never even waited to feel hunger before I would just eat because eating Mm -hmm. is so fun and good and delicious and I love it so much
1: and comforting yeah and yes yes and that's, that's funny you mentioned the gum thing because I used to do that too or hard candies mm-hmm. or I used to just drink a bunch of stuff instead of just eating. Mm-hmm. But I, you think of like all the sugar and calories you're still consuming in in candy or the drinks. Yeah. Like you might as well, as well just eat a good nutritious meal. Right. And I, <laughs> yeah, know?
0: even even gum. I mean, I buy this gum on Amazon. It's like 600 pieces and it costs $40 because I have to have the xylitol um, sweetness kind because the aspartame tears up my stomach and my husband would die i probably pay like a, a rent monthly rent on gum <laughs> it's awful Just eat
1: the food and
0: i think it's an oh it's almost an addiction like as soon as i don't mm-hmm. have food in my mouth i feel i need to chew gum i need to chew gum i need to chew gum yep. it's ridiculous it's an, like no joke a really, hundred pieces a day no joke
1: yeah yep it's an oral fixation thing. Mm. And because um, that's for me, it was gum or hard candies. Uh, I still bite my nails and I yep. know that's still like part of part mm-hmm, of it. But mm-hmm. it's an it's a oral fixation thing. If you can't have the food, you have to have something to like satisfy that.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I that's and, actually a thing because I yes. have that. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Me too.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. There's so many layers.
1: It is. And it's a very, it's a very challenging and confusing Mm -hmm. illness. It really is. And that's the part about
0: Um, noticing, you know, you just, once you start to notice, because I didn't ever think twice about the gum. It's just like, well, that's a thing that I do. I chew gum, so I don't eat, you know, it didn't, it didn't even seem, yeah, for you. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now like reading and researching, Mm -hmm. you find out all these behaviors that you're doing that are part of it yeah behaviors yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gosh yeah and eating like I would suggest like when you're starting out I you mentioned before doing the intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and I would suggest that for people like re um normalizing eating patterns again because you're so used to abnormal eating Mm -hmm. and that's the abnormal is normal for you so you have to retrain your mind and your thinking patterns and your behaviors to normalize the eating and intuitive eating is um a good first step Mm -hmm. and there's a big question of like well when you're recovering from an eating disorder should you track your food and Mm -hmm. weigh your food Mm -hmm. and should you still exercise Mm -hmm. and I would say initially no yeah (laughs) like you should not weigh your food Mm -hmm. and count macros Mm -hmm. and whatever yeah um And I, when I first started recovery, I was, I didn't do all that because I knew that I would be obsessed with it and Mm -hmm. it would be an obsession thing and part of the eating disorder rather than recovery.
0: Yep. That's where where I'm at.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Just listening to your body and like really going back to just like how we're old, like stone age how we're supposed to eat Mm -hmm. you eat when you're hungry and you stop and you're not well it's like
0: it's like children (laughs) like asher it could be the most delicious food in the world and when he's done he's done you know where as adults i think we just you finish what's on your plate i don't know like that maybe is ingrained in some people when you're small your parents say you can't Mm -hmm. get up until you finish what's on your plate and i never thought about how damaging that can be Um, Mm -hmm. but I read something that said if diets hadn't been inventive, intuitive eating would just be called eating, right? It's just what we're, how we're supposed to do, how we're made to eat is really intuitive eating. It's eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. And it seems so, you know, easy, simple
1: diet culture. And we know what we're exposed to those normalized eating patterns gets so jacked up and it's it's really hard. You have to recreate like new pathways in your brain Mm -hmm. to normalize that eating again.
0: Right. I just, so for, for, for me, for today, so I had an appointment at, well, I worked out this morning and I had to burn all my calories because I had stuff going on later. So I did all that working out and I had a protein <laughs> shake um, before I went to my appointment. And then I, I was ravenous. Well, I had a protein shake right after my workout. And then I did on the way to my appointment, I had a protein bar. And then when I was driving home, I picked up food for my family. And I knew I would make myself lunch when I got home. But I was ravenous, right? And I normally I don't allow myself to get that hungry. Uh But so then I ate, I ate my salad that I wanted and then I had a bowl of watermelon. This is embarrassing. And then I had, so this is the other part is falling into these like low carb, like processed crap that's, Claims to be healthy, right? So it's yeah. it's bread that has one gram of carbs. So that doesn't that's like an oxymoron or something. That's not uh-huh. even so. That,
1: but yeah. but I had is, that's not really bread. What yeah, that? what is that? <laughs> Thank you. But I had
0: four pieces of it, like four, and then. Uh-huh. I had two and then I was like, oh, that was really good. Like I I made toast and I put butter and jelly on it. And then I was like, but I want more. And so I had two more. And then I start this, the process of like, oh my gosh, I've eaten too much at lunch. Either I can't eat dinner or I need to eat very little for dinner or I need to really be careful what I eat for dinner. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's, right now there's nothing easy or natural or normal or simple about eating food. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and that that's the hard thing about food is that we need it for survival and it's accessible right you know like with drugs and alcohol right you can cut them completely out you can take those things away you can separate yourself from those Mm -hmm. you don't need it to survive right food we have to have it and it's always there and so it's about learning the like normalizing your behavior Mm -hmm. around and being able to trust yourself with it and eat like we're supposed to Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. before all of our eating patterns got messed up and our brain got introduced to all these different diet cultures and everything else that is going on right um but there's so I and I struggled with black and white thinking for a really long time, which is very much part of eating disorders. It's like you it's all or nothing. Yeah. You know, you don't have it at all, which you're restricting yourself or mm-hmm. you're like, Well, I just had two pieces, so I might as well just eat the whole right. bag. Yep. You know? Yep. And that's where the and that just starts the cycle of the binging, purging, yeah. and so learning to live it, eat in those gray areas, yeah, or telling yourself like it's I okay, I just had maybe a whole bag of something. It's okay. Right. It's you're going to be fine. You're going to survive. Nobody is judging you for it. Nobody hates you for it. Right. Like you're not a failure. So being able to. To find those gray areas instead of being on the extremes because the extremes is what starts the cycle.
0: Right, right. And then just realizing and teaching yourself that just because you had a bad day yesterday, you still deserve to eat today. Yes, that is, have, that's just yep. that I need that to just be continually beaten into my head because it's that's how I feel, you know, and again, it's all binge restrict. That's what it is. Um, yep. You know, you, you make a bad choice and then it's like, OK, I can't eat dinner. But then that leads to another bad choice because you're starving. Your body needs food.
1: And that's your body's way of telling you right. that it needs it needs food. Right. Yeah. Right. So listening to those cues and um It really is just about recognizing and then creating that new thinking pattern for the behaviors. Right.
0: So we kind of related it to drugs and alcohol a little bit. Do you think it's like that where you're always sort of a work in progress, like always in recovery, like being an alcoholic? Do you feel like it's that or is it more, I don't have it?
1: I think it's, I think it's more, I think food is more challenging than drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. I really do Mm -hmm. because you do need it for survival. Right. Right. So how do you create that? It's not like you can just take food away during recovery, you know, (laughs) because you have to have it. So food or drugs and alcohol was way easier for me to um eliminate from my lifestyle than getting over the eating disorder
0: yeah oh gosh it's 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 a monster
1: it it really is it's it's a very it is a monster it's very hard to deal with but I promise you it full recovery is possible
0: I'm I'm so happy to hear you say that because it's I've I've truly felt like people who just eat normal are unicorns like they don't exist in real life. They are. I don't even know people (laughs) that have it figured out. And, you know, I mean, that's so that's so not true. Number one, a lot of people don't struggle with this, but it's just become so normal in my life. This struggle has become such a norm that to me it feels like everybody must feel this way
1: yeah i think about that often too i'm like do we all mm-hmm. have eating disorders of some sort or body image issues of some sort i mean I, sadly me, i think yes. most
0: of us do I,
1: I think so i i think that at some point in your life or i don't know i just wonder if there's people out there that just don't even think about food or what they look like or right, right. I don't know if it exists that exists or not
0: especially but here
1: more power to them yeah it does. yeah <laughs>
0: call me come can you please be my next guest <laughs> I want what you're having
1: yeah oh man well
0: I think that that was so enlightening and wonderful and amazing especially like where I'm at right now I appreciate you so much and you gave me a lot of hope and it's so nice to talk to someone who's on the other side of it and um I don't know I feel is there anything you feel like we've missed today in what we're talking about
1: it's so hard. There's so much yeah. to talk about yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. And I would say so cognitive behavior therapy yes. is a um, uh, very
0: I've read it's about one that.
1: of the Yes. It's um, the most common treatment for eating disorders. Yes. And for me, the most helpful part of that, it's, it's all about like recognizing your values. So is mm. what you're doing aligning with your values? Mm. And every time I thought about that, the answer was no. no. And that does not feel good on the inside. And right. so that was part of it, is like, okay, I have to start aligning you know my behavior Mm -hmm. with my value system Mm -hmm. um so that was cbt is a um if you want to look into like treatment cbt dbt um mindfulness yep um those are big i would say the big three and Mm -hmm. then just really self-talk and self-affirmation just you have to overcome that eating disorder voice that is telling you all of the wrong things and all the bad things and if you talk to that voice like it's a a person and you just you have to beat that voice down until it finally goes away
0: right and it begins with just recognizing that it's there Uh,
1: yep Absolutely. And not being embarrassed or ashamed or guilty or, um, you know, any of those things. And just putting that all aside so you can get recovered.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think and there- too, I, I go, sorry, I keep interrupting you. I no, d- don't ahead. feel bad. I do it to Steph all the time too. Um, <laughs> but I tried to go back to too, that we are like, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in this body with us. So to honor God, you know, with our body and the way we nourish our body and the way we take care of our body and the way we love our body is something that's always important to come back to too, like in aligning with your values, like, you know, God yep. God lives here, so I need yep. to treat my body as if I was feeding God.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I and like that's what your worth and value is found in Him, and right. not all of these external factors that we get bombarded with on a daily basis. And right. um that's I have. So I started putting like self affirmations and, you know, positive messages around my house so I would see them Mm -hmm. and I can remind myself of them. And my biggest one is I am confident in who I am Mm -hmm. because I am my confidence is in God, not all of these other things. And that really helped in recovery, too.
0: Yeah, that's 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 very smart. To do that. Mm -hmm. And then to to think of this too, like compare and despair. Right. So I could do, you know, to to look at social media and compare yourself to to anyone really. But like if I could look at you and say, okay, I'm going to eat exactly what Caitlin eats and I'm going to do the exact workout that Caitlin does. And that doesn't mean my body is different than your body. We're yep. all made completely different. It doesn't matter how hard you work or how much you exercise or how little you eat. You know, you're never gonna be somebody else.
1: Yep, yep. Because we are all unique. That's right. Special on in purpose. Our own ways. On and, purpose. Yeah. And so com- that comparison game is—it mm-hmm. really is a thief of all joy, joy right? All, oh man. Yeah. yeah.
0: And we get so caught and, up in it. First
1: of all. Instagram is fake. Yeah. So yep. I mean, for the most part, you look at. I I really do my best to be authentic and yeah. real, and yeah. um, in what I post. But you, there's those influencers out there that are all, all the about, filters, you know, and, the perfect image, yeah. the filters, the perfect angle, the tan, photos, the yeah, the mm-hmm. all yes, you know. So not getting up caught up in the or only posting the you know the highlight right and that's one of the first
0: things that i that's one of the first changes i made was to unfollow um some of those people that i was constantly feeling like that compare and despair Uh, with and then following these more body positive accounts people who show their cellulite or you know are proud to be in a bikini no matter what they look like it's not about their body it's about you know spending the day at the beach with their kids or whatever and yeah and um,
1: enjoying the moment instead of having all these right irrational thoughts
0: right it's it's interesting it's interesting too how then we can go to the other you know, the other extreme. And people are like commenting on some, like, say there's a a larger woman in a bikini and people are saying, you're so brave. And, you know, no, she's just living her life. She's not brave Mm -hmm. because she's a larger woman wearing a bikini. She's just, you know, she just doesn't have the same, I don't know, the same thought process or it's not being brave. It's just living your life. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or not not caring right other right not p- because, really because your hurts. value is
0: not in that not placing but, your yep. value in that
1: exactly
0: ah I got a lot of work to do
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will it it takes it really does take a lot of work and being diligent and and committed but really when you have bad days are going to happen and relapse yeah. is going to happen yeah but being able to not beat yourself up over that saying Okay, I had a bad day yesterday mm-hmm. or I fell into old behaviors yesterday. Today is the new day I got this right. And then pretty soon you keep doing that over and over and over again and yeah, pretty soon that comes becomes your norm right. Um, but if you are able to, eat consistently throughout the week Mm -hmm. and um you know enjoy whatever food you want to throughout the week Mm -hmm. rather than binging on it on one day I think eliminating that binge will help you feel so much better overall
0: Mm -hmm. I won't have that mental beat myself up so angry you know upset every Sunday
1: yeah. Yeah. Cause that just is the, that's the cycle yeah. and that you have to break that cycle. Yeah. And I, I saw something the other day and I was like, Oh, whoa, that's really true. It was extremes in eating causes extremes in digestion. Mm. And I was just, I was, I had the, I had so many digestion issues mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. like bloating, like, yeah. Like severe bloating and puffiness and swelling, Mm -hmm. and you know, and then we confuse
0: that with we're fat.
1: Yeah, but no, that's your body's response to restricting and then
0: binging
1: it all this food that it can't
0: even handle. Well, I saw somebody said, um, Kristen, it's okay to eat seven donuts in a week, but it's not okay to eat seven donuts on Sunday. Mm -hmm. like you know have a donut every day that's fine if you're if you want a donut every day eat it but to eat seven donuts on Sunday is there then there's a problem and it's so true and I never thought of it like that like it would be the same if I ate a donut every single day exactly and then and then
1: when you do eat that donut every day you won't want to binge on it
0: exactly
1: and that's the part
0: so there's so I keep hearing like spend a week allowing yourself to have you know, indulge in anything that your body wants. Whatever you're craving, mm-hmm. eat it. Whatever you want. But, and then you're gonna realize, well, okay, I don't even want that anymore. What, maybe it didn't make you feel good, or it's just like, well, I've had that, I don't need it now, or whatever uh-huh. it is. But I haven't been able to break through my, you know, whatever, whatever keeps me from allowing myself to do it because I'm not ready to be okay with gaining weight. So I just you won't get be- stuck in this fear. <laughs>
1: But you won't gain weight, you know, if you, if you intuitively eat and listen to your body mm-hmm. and eliminate the binge yeah. episodes, right. It's the same. It, it really is the you same. Yeah. Yeah. You won't gain weight. I yeah. promise you because yeah. I'm there right now. That was my fear. So I, 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 track my food now mm-hmm. i i don't suggest this to people in the beginning yep. but i i track my food now to make sure that i'm eating enough
0: right and that step preaches that all the time too so many of us she's like almost all of us are not eating enough and here we are stuck yep. in this thing where we feel like we're eating too much because we might eat too much in one sitting and then therefore you feel like oh i've done th- i ate way too much yesterday when really you ate you know 800 calories, uh, 1,500 calories in one sitting, and then you didn't allow yourself anything else the whole rest of the day. You're still under eating.
1: Yep. But if you can eat consistently throughout the day, you won't need those. Right.
0: Binges. Because you don't, right. You're not not reacting to the restriction.
1: Yep. I feel like
0: I know it all. I just can't. (laughs) I just haven't been able to... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. And you can, it, it's so much easier. I don't know why it's so much easier to teach other people. Yeah. It's so hard to apply it to yourself, right, even right. when you know right. all of the information. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, so I dealt with the same thing. So I only track to make sure I'm eating enough. And I tell you now, I eat so much food, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's what Steph says because too. I'm on, um, I'm on, I'm still trying to gain weight. I've gotten to the point where I want to gain weight now Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. And so that's how I eat now. And when I first, my eating disorder popped up when I first saw how much I have to eat and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to gain so much weight. And how can I do? But then I was like, that's your goal. Your goal is to gain weight. You have to eat to gain weight. And I you know, I haven't I eat all this food and I'm not fat now. Right. like that's just the the norm yeah.
0: what
1: you what is normal eating you think is overeating right right. And I think and we've, we've been the...
0: conditioned to think that 1200 calories is what you have to do to maintain or lose weight is you have to be eating mm-hmm. 1200 calories a day and I read somewhere that that's how much food a, a child, a, a, a toddler. toddler yeah yes. should be eating which is so yeah. crazy because that seems like the gold that's always the gold standard is 1200 calories it's like what my fitness pal will allow oh <laughs> the least it will gosh. allow is 1200 yeah. and um yeah i just i know so many friends who are like oh I'm, I'm i'm eating really good i'm eating 1200 calories a day and blah 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 and it's like yeah well that's the problem because you're not eating nearly enough
1: right And that's what's, does that, you know, restrict and binge Mm -hmm. and it might work for a while, but pretty soon it will catch up to you. Right.
0: And it's just Mm -hmm. so unhealthy. It's not good for your body to go through that binge. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, the digestive issues. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I'm still um, I'm still trying to recover some aspects of my physical health, like hormones, Mm -hmm. uh, menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. um, Because did that go away? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have that for years. And then and that's that's the number one sign of health. Like if you're if you're having your menstrual cycle, that is the number one sign of health, because that means everything is functioning properly. Mm -hmm. Everything's working together you know, we're made to produce. Right. And uh, eating disorders really messes that up. And mm-hmm. it takes a while I still so I just had blood work done the other day and my hormone levels are still low. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't have a regular period. So that's still wow. something that I'm working on. And it's been years you know it's years you know but I'm like okay I messed with my body for 18 years right
0: now I got to give it time it it might yeah it
1: might take a while to get
0: back yeah another part of that whole you know that the that time of the month when you it's so funny because for me of course I gain a few pounds or I'm more hungry or whatever and I know that that happens but I get Mm -hmm. inside my head so bad like even though I know that it's the time of the month and that's why and that it goes away I'm like, Uh Oh my gosh, something's wrong. I've gained weight. This is never going to go away. This is bad. I ate too much. You know, it's just like so Uh crazy how we can get into our own heads and convince ourselves of something that's completely, completely untrue.
1: But now like celebrate, like, yes, I am healthy. Right. Exactly. It's just a (laughs) a
0: thought. You got to shift your thoughts
1: yeah because that's so I'll get mine like every once in a while mm-hmm. now and when I get it now I'm like excited yes, I'm <laughs> so <the> <laughs> happy I'm like I'm closer to getting healthier right, right. yeah or like I feel like a woman finally yes. or you know like I'm celebrating it yeah. now because I know how important it is right and that that's a good sign of health right so oh man well this was this was so
0: good thank you so much if if this didn't help anybody else this was an hour of therapy for me because this just was so helpful so thank you thank you so much for coming back on
1: absolutely there's so much to talk about it's so hard to get it all out I know it it really is (laughs) we we can
0: definitely have you back it'll be fun actually like as my recovery progresses to have you back on and see where I'm at and what's the changes and the new thoughts and feelings and all of it. So thank you so, so much. Yes. And yeah, I'll, I'm excited
1: I'll, for you. I'm thank happy you. you've gotten to the point of like recognizing that it's an issue yeah. and that it's, you know, kind of holding you back in right. areas of life and you're ready. And to I'm ready. It. Yeah.
0: That's the you're thing. You're ready. Yes.
1: Yeah. You just have to be ready. So,
0: okay. you Caitlin, do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so, so much. You're I welcome. appreciate you Thank you
1: so much. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> all right. Okay. bye Bye-bye. bye-bye
0: oh, I got to get myself a team. I got some deep rooted stuff going on, but she is amazing. So helpful, so knowledgeable. And, um, it's just so nice to have the perspective of someone who's been where you are. So I hope that that was helpful to some of you. Steph will be back next week. And so, so that I can interrupt her, um, I apologize for that. I don't mean to. I just get so excited about what I'm going to say and I'm afraid I'm going to forget if I don't just get it out. So Caitlin, my apologies for interrupting you. And, uh, it's like everything else. I'm a work in progress. So happy Monday activators. Um, reach out, send us a DM if, you know, if you feel led or inclined to share something about your own personal journey with food and, or an eating disorder or your recovery, Um, it's nice to know that you're not alone, and I hope this was helpful. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Later. All right, guys, one last thing. Um, I just get so much value out of these conversations with Caitlin, and I wanted to let you all know that she offers a one-on-one coaching program called Wellness From Within. So if you think you could benefit from working with Caitlin, uh, she will help you to heal from the inside out. You'll learn to nourish your body by developing a healthy relationship with food, body, and exercise. You will elevate your mind by identifying and redirecting unhealthy thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. This will allow you to step into your purpose free and whole and ready to embrace the person you were created to be. So you can reach out to Caitlin on Instagram at kate, read, Kate, K-A-I-T, R-E-E-D, K-A-I-T, or you can email her at within at gmail.com. So if you guys think you could benefit at all, if you have disordered eating patterns or think you do um, suffer, struggle with an eating disorder, she's just been invaluable to me, an incredible, incredible resource and person just to lean on and bounce things off of and you know just help me through all of this. So reach out to Caitlin, Kate Read Kate on Instagram or email her at wfromwithin at gmail.com. Thank you again to Caitlin for being on today. You never let us down. Always an incredible conversation. And um, we hope to have you back. And I just appreciate you and know that you are going to help so many people. So thank you again. Happy Monday, Activators.